Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com Today is May the 24th, 2007 and I'm going to let you hear a conversation I had with Butch Chancellor from Missouri just a couple of days ago this is not atypical of the kind of calls I get all through the week with people who have the fallout of today's society and the changes that have occurred and are occurring actually hitting them personally now most people go through life and in their when they're in their their earlier years they they enjoy it to the full for all the things that life has to offer they chase the things they're supposed to have and do and they don't realize they're categorized already in that state they're in from those beneath them the younger ones and those who are above them the older ones every generation has purposely been separated from the next. There's no real interaction. We have government experts now and categories and associations and societies of experts who deal with all the problems which society in itself used to deal with and that families used to deal with. Families are pretty well broken now and the generation gap is more than a gap. It's a separation where many young people think the elderly are useless. They do really think that, they do. Whereas not too long ago the elderly had the wisdom, they had the memories, they'd gone through all the mistakes, they'd seen the con games that happen down through the years in politics, they'd seen the consequences of the double-speak lies of politicians and agendas, and they could always advise the young. So that had to be smashed a long time ago, and uh, books were written in the early 1900s about the format and the necessity to separate the generations so that wisdom couldn't be passed on. And then when it comes the next generation's turn to suffer the consequences, they have no data to go on, so they fall into the same traps. Most people don't realize how bad it is until it happens to them. Media is incredibly good at stigmatizing people on behalf of the agencies that are taking over the lives of people. Therefore, uh, just simple accusations or statements that come out of, say, children's aids societies uh, or police uh, PR spokesmen uh, who give statements will be taken at face value, never questioned by the general public, or it wouldn't be in the paper. That's how we we analyze things. We don't really analyze. We simply get them downloaded into us, and we accept them without realizing there's much more to all this than meets the eye. And it's the same with the elderly. You have the children on one end getting taken by the children's aid, and you have the elderly who are being rounded up at times by agencies who make their living off taking the pensions of the elderly. They also get grants and so on. They're tied in with the 
pharmaceutical agencies to drug patients once they have them in under their clutches where they put you in a little chair next to the wall stick a tray in there, a sliding tray that locks and you're sitting there rocking trying to get out of it so they put you on Halidol or something else to keep you quiet that's a good patient when you're drooling and, and quiet that's literally how the system works it's inhumane but then the elderly have lost all respect purposely through propaganda and movies in the movies you always see the elderly as being dotary, silly, uh, childlike that's how they're portrayed by deliberation of course I don't sit here doing what I'm doing because there's nothing else I'd like to do. It's just that we're, it's an imperative at the moment to say what I know to the public while there's a chance to say anything at all, because this will stop one day. As the big steamroller of totalitarianism and the new scientific society hoists its flag even higher until everyone sees it. Many of the calls I take are tragic, uh, heartbreaking from people in trouble who've been your, your average person generally who didn't realize very often how bad it was until the system aimed at them and came after them. This upcoming talk I had with Butch is rather typical, in fact, of what I deal with often on a, a daily basis sometimes, but definitely a weekly basis from all different countries. This is what happened to him because of something which will happen to everyone eventually when his wife, who was already bedridden, had been for years, whom he'd taken care of since she was paralyzed from an operation she received in hospital. She'd probably be dead if they'd taken care of her since, but the fact is she's been alive for years since, and Butch was taken care of her by himself. That says a lot right there. However, you'll hear his story when he thought he would take her for a checkup because for a few days he noticed she wasn't quite uh, herself. This is what transpired. And this is his story. And this is where it stands now. Listen and learn. This is an account of the uh, occurrences on um, Monday uh, the uh, 21st of May. My bedfast uh, wife, she's paralyzed, and she's uh, been bedfast for 11 years, uh, and become ill. She's 78 years old. And um, we uh, called for an ambulance to come pick her up and take her to the hospital for an examination. Now, a neighbor called 911 to obtain this um, 
ambulance. Well, in a few minutes, I heard a siren come around the corner and down the street. And I couldn't think it was rest because this was not an emergency thing, but it stopped in front of the house. And uh, there was a knock on the door. I had left the door open and a screen unlocked, and I knocked because I was expecting them. And so I called to them since I was working with Martha, my wife, and told them, come on in. Well, this guy uh, came into the house saying, did you call the fire department? I said, well, no, of course not. I, didn't, I mean, we don't have a fire here. And he says, uh, did you call an ambulance? And I said, yeah, I called an ambulance. And he says, well, uh, these days, if you call an ambulance, you get the fire department. Oh, well, I didn't understand that, but no sooner had he said that than he uh, rushed in off to a position on my left. Like the second guy assumed uh, a position on my right, and the third guy was standing directly in front of me, the classic military uh, triangulation fire pattern. Any of you guys that are in the military will uh, recognize that. And uh, there I was in the middle of a triangle. Now, these guys were dressed in black from boot uh, to their collar. They were all in black, and they, they, they were not wearing a cap or any headgear. And, uh, but they did, well, I had uh, heavy pistol belts and a heavy pistol on the belt. And uh, they uh, were trying to figure out, I guess, uh, who got to shoot me first. But this one guy who appeared to be the spokesman for them, now uh, this black uniform they were wearing, uh, said fire department on the back, but uh, there was no fireman's badge or anything like that. And uh, he began asking uh, uh, routine questions about Martha's current condition and her immediate condition uh, before she became ill. All of them were reasonable enough questions. And uh, this one fellow at one point interrupted. Uh, he said he wanted to examine my smoke detector. I told him, go ahead. I guess this was a part of the act. I don't know. Meantime, the little mean-looking guy, the one that was on the top... Uh, uh, point of this uh, pyramid, or uh, triangle rather, had uh, quit fingering his gun butt and assumed uh, the military position of a parade rest. And uh, the other the, the fellow that was doing the talking continued to uh, question me about Martha and her condition. The one fellow, that, uh, the little guy, military guy, uh, stepped outside and apparently called on the cell phone because another siren fired up. This time just a couple of doors away, and then just moved down a couple of doors and stopped at the house. And then came the 
real ambulance crew, uh, four guys and uh, with a gurney, and one gal with a clipboard. And the gal with a clipboard proceeded to ask me the identical questions the other fellow had asked. They uh, uh, then uh, loaded Martha onto the gurney and left, and uh, asking no further questions. Well, one of the most puzzling things for me was uh, they asked no questions about me or my ability to pay or Martha's uh, Medicare, Medicare, you know, the ordinary stuff that I've been used to at hospital uh, entrances was you've got to fill out a reams of paper they demand my social security number as well as Martha's ID and so on and they'd ask for none of that so I got to thinking about it I said hey I better get over to that hospital and fill out that paperwork because I don't know if they're going to do anything for it unless they get their paperwork and uh, so I called over there. Well, my neighbor was here, and uh, I was telling him what I was going to do, and he says, well, uh, I'll run over there and get that for you, uh, but um, maybe you better call him and see if he'll give it to me. And I said, okay, I'll call him. And I called him, and they said, no, 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 we've got all we need. But I don't know, but I, uh, I think that indicates something about the... Um, massive databases or spy bases we've heard of. They had they, they didn't want my ID, my uh, social security number. Usually they want the spouse's social security number to uh, check their credit and make sure they got enough money to pay the hospital bill. But I think they must already have that these days. They do. They do, yeah. yeah. So uh, how old was your wife? 78. And you are... Uh, 72. You're 72. And, and you should tell maybe the listeners what happened to your wife uh, initially, years ago, to cause all this. Okay. In uh, 1994, uh, my wife uh, and I and a niece and uh, her, her little daughter were having uh, dinner at a, f- a fish place. And as we were leaving, my wife became ill, and I took her outside because it was hot in there, and I had to give her a fresh breath of air. She was, she was feeling uh, dizzy, she said. And I took her outside, and uh, the fresh air didn't seem to do much for her. So a nice lady came along and steadied Martha at, on a rail while I... Uh, I went and got the car, and uh, the niece uh, paid our bill. And we took her home, and she became violently ill, vomiting and diarrhea. And I thought she was going to be okay after clearing that up, uh, but she continued to have the dry heaves. And I, I didn't know what to do about that, so I thought, well, I'll take you to the hospital. Which one do you want to go to? And she told me. And it happened to be the nearest one, so I was happy with that. So I took her over there. And uh, they uh, looked her over for about three hours there in the ER. And they brought her out on a gurney, and she was out like a light. 
and the guy says, we've in the, we've fixed the nausea, uh, but uh, we need to keep her overnight to take care of the diarrhea. This was on a Friday evening, and was, by that time it was about 10, 11 o'clock. So I, I said, well, uh, he says, you can come by in the morning when the doctor's run and pick her up. And uh, he says, the doctor's run since it's Saturday will be at 11. I said, okay, I'll be there at 11 and pick her up. Well, in the meantime, uh, Saturday morning, her daughter, and uh, she said, Mom's still asleep. I don't know, it's 8 o'clock, 9. And I thought, was strange because mom's an early riser, right? She's never in bed after 6 a.m. So I went in there and I found all kinds of strange things going on. Uh, they, uh, uh, it appeared to me that somebody was trying to fool somebody or something uh, because uh, Martha kept uh, saying, I want to go to the bathroom. They had her rails up on the bed, and they had an IV in her arm, and she said, I want to go to the bathroom. I said, okay. I rang for the nurse, and the nurse was irritated about it. She said, she doesn't need to go to the bathroom. She's dehydrated. Uh, that's why we've got the IV in her arm. She said, but I'm going to put her in the bedpan just to show you. I said, okay, go ahead. And she did, and Martha was happy, but uh, there was no urine emission. Now, it's been that way uh, for 11 years. Yeah, but what did they do there with the uh, surgeon? With the surgeon? Yeah. Okay, well, following, the, you know, it took me a while to figure out that something was bad wrong. For one thing, they were lying to me about Martha and her condition. And whenever I figured it out, I told the nurses, uh, that uh, I think she has brain damage, and I want a doctor in here now, and I want her examined for brain damage. Well, uh, there was a lot of fluttering, and they brought in a guy who was advertised as a uh, uh, brain surgeon. And he says, uh, I want to put a shunt in Martha's head. In the meantime, they did take uh, x-rays, and they told me that there was a clot at the base of her skull that was shutting off the return line so that her brain was under pressure. He says, what we'll do is we'll put in a shunt. We'll drain off the pressure. Well, I'd known a guy who uh, had lived with a shunt for years, so I said, I approved of it. They did not do a shunt. They, uh, the guy drove a spike down through the top of her skull, down just to the right of the midline of the uh, brain, all the way down through the medulla and into the uh, uh, spinal cord. And that wasn't enough for him. He did it a second time. And, of course, that paralyzed her instantly and uh, damaged her vision and... Uh, her coordination and just a lot of things. But it paralyzed the entire left side of her body and it's been paralyzed since. But uh, yeah. that's kind of what uh, happened to start this all off. Yeah. 
but the, the other thing is too what was it the story they gave you this time when they came in the other day there and when they uh, they talked about the, the condition of the house hmm. how did that arise well I'm not sure what uh, was going on on that mm -hmm. uh, nobody uh, said anything to me about the condition of the house here but what happened was my sister who uh, had been, she had lived uh, all through this earlier thing in the 90s with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, of course, filed uh, Med Mal, and uh, that resulted in death threats and uh, people killing our dogs and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with raids by the sheriff's office and uh, all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, that settled down after a while when uh, the court uh, cases quit. Yep. Then uh, nobody bothered us for several years. Mm -hmm. But uh, the... Um, uh, let's see, what was your question again, Alan? Yeah, are they actually trying to use that as an excuse? Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, the, uh, my sister called... Uh, uh, the hospital, and uh, uh, the nurse read her the uh, nurse's notes or chart on the end of her bed, mm -hmm. and the first entry uh, was that the house was dirty and there was feces everywhere. So uh, I think we're all set up. They, they, uh, mm -hmm. That was what they maintained. Yeah. Yeah. And that somehow Martha's illness was related to that. Yeah, the, the inference, yeah. Okay, well, now, since then, and it took them a while to do it, but they've discovered that her illness was due to a stone lodged in the urinary tract. Mm -hmm which back the year, gave her a urinary infection, which gave her a bladder infection, mm -hmm. which gave her a blood infection. Mm -hmm. yep. And that was the second story. Mm -hmm. yep. And today they revised it a little bit when my sister was over there. They said, well, yeah, all that's true, but uh, there was... Uh, Let's see, what is the bacteria that... Uh, e. coli, is it? Or Pardon me? It's E. coli they're going after. E. coli. There's E. coli in the blood. Mm. So um, they're trying to get their story organized, I think. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. You used to do shows, didn't you, on the, the situation of the, the government? Yes. Uh, I was on... Um, Crusade Radio three days a week live mm -hmm. for two years with a show called Hot Seat for Judges. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed people who had been damaged by the corrupt court system. So you're already popular. <laughs> Pardon me? You're already popular in the right places, right? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh -huh. Okay, well, uh, uh, and then for another year, I did the same uh, three-hour stint with a show that was a little different format, a wider range. It was called These Orwellian Times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It looked at the whole spectrum of what's going on out there. Yeah. 
And uh, there are people out there that don't like me much. Do you think that's something to do with the way these guys came in with the guns and all the rest of it? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I think when they told me that we know all we need to know... Mm -hmm. Then they did. That, uh, <laughs> that included all of my mm -hmm. sordid past. That's it. That's what they meant by that. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, so they're out to, to set you up here, I think, too. And now you've got to go through the battles of uh, trying to find out uh, how they're treating your wife and right. the prognosis and and uh, what the future schedule is with it all. Well, one of the th things that we treated, one of the topics that we treated quite extensively on these Orwellian times was the... Uh, state-ordered murder thing, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Terry Schiavo, yeah. and uh, the murder of old folks in hospitals, nursing homes, and hospitals. You're really, really popular now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, you know, they were, they were waiting to get me. Yeah. But, uh -huh. um, yeah, we have people on our show, such as the uh, Hospice uh, Patients Alliance. Mm -hmm. We have them on there a lot, yeah. and uh, we uh, uh, we we brought on people to talk. And uh, uh, these people generally wanted assistance mm -hmm. in springing somebody who was being held prisoner in a hospital or a nursing home or a hospice somewhere, and mm -hmm. being held there and not given any food or water. Yeah. And once in a while, those folks, uh, uh, I mean, they, I did what I could to help them on my show, and generally there were a lot of people who did other shows that would listen to mine, and then they would invite those people out as guests on their show. Yeah. So it was kind of a little snowball effect. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they certainly know your name, and they certainly know you've been digging up the dirt mm -hmm. and there's a lot of dirt there to dig up and they don't like that being disturbed yeah. mm -hmm. so uh, the other topic that uh, that did bring well, I must tell you that there were attempts to censor the show and there were attempts to uh, uh, hack the show and quite successful attempts at hacking the show yeah mm -hmm. uh, hacking my telephone number on two occasions my telephone was totally disconnected mm-hmm and uh, most of it seemed to center on people who were my guests who were exposing uh, CPS DFS, mm -hmm. child uh, kidnapping and uh, state trafficking in children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of it may be coming from that direction. Mm -hmm. Right. You do know that the whole agenda now is eventually to guide us all into accepting euthanasia as the norm. Yeah. Uh, once our function of serving the state and paying taxes is over. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, that, that's exactly the way uh, it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is, all of this is far more extensive than, you know, even I have realized, or some aspects of it anyway, this uh, call an ambulance and get a hook and ladder truck. Well, you didn't, you didn't, I have you didn't not even, seen that before. What they've done years ago was... Uh, it's bringing the paramedic teams, and apparently they changed. I don't know why it's fire engines, you know. But again, well, I don't know what they were. I, I just mentioned that because they claimed to be firemen, but there were nothing like it. I don't know what they were. Well, they ever see firemen who carry pistols? 
Right, and wear black? They wear black and boots and uh, combat boots, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that one, that little military uh, twerp, mm-hmm. had his combat boots bloused. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. The other guys didn't, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is, uh, this, is, uh, this is the team coming in first because... Uh, You'll be known in the area, too, by neighbors as being a, someone who's not too enthusiastic about governmental policies. Yes, well, uh, I guess maybe my, maybe I made a mistake by bringing in local people whose children had been seized. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did that. I did several of the local people, and, uh, yeah, uh-huh. their phones were tapped, mine were tapped, and these guys, um, they would break in on the conversation. Yeah, yeah, I've had yeah, that. Yeah, uh, harass you by cutting your thing off or making noises or whatever. That's right. And, uh, and this, is, this is the freest country in the world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, freedom of speech. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've been off air for quite some time. I've been preparing to do a podcast, but I've had so many things to do. It's been kind of slow in uh, getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anybody would like to have a look, uh, well, you can see the kinds of things I've been doing at my uh, blog. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, that's a contraction for Veterans Magazine. Uh, V-E-T-Z-I-N-E dot B-L-O-G S-P-O-T dot com Vetzine at blogspot.com. Yeah, have you put this information of this recent occurrence up on your blog yet? No, I haven't. I've been too busy fighting the local fires, <laughs> the fire department. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will be putting something up on it. Yeah. Do you, do you know, the thing is, uh, you probably know that the next step for them is to start to get a, uh, the, the social work department in there to come to your place and start winning your way to the idea that she's now their property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that's kind of way it's pointed. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I have a uh, message on my machine from a socialist worker saying uh, that I should give her a call. Uh-huh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's to, to feel you out, to see how you feel about their, their, their idea. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well... I mentioned that some of this stuff is uh, is overtaking me. One of them is, uh, yeah, I'd heard about all the databases, uh, spy bases, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that it was so extensive that they don't even have to ask you your name. It's been like that for quite some time, long before 9-11. Uh, yeah. When they phone even the police now, they have all your data there, and they have had for the last 15, 20 years. But, but the thing is that was interesting here, though, is that you didn't call them. It was a neighbor that called them. That's right. You see, so they already knew your data, which tells me that there was some sort of communication between the neighbor and them as to well, you exactly. Well, you're quite right. Um, remember the good old TIPS program, Turn In Parents and Siblings? That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody is a spy on everybody else? That, that the new Soviets, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a pizza man. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns you in. Yeah, that's right. 
That's the new uh, story. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that it's alive and well. They, they dropped the advertising under that label, but I think it's turning right on. It, it is. It's, it's right down to the local level. You have people watching television 24 hours a day almost. And they, they soak up all these dramas that are put out there with uh, spies, cops, and detectives, and terrorism everywhere. Watch everybody, and they're they're emulating what they see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know you're just right on this because the other thing that uh, that took me by surprise was oh yeah, you call the I am the last. You're gonna get the fire department. Well, yeah. What's got me is, is now it's not safe to phone anybody because if, you, if your house goes on fire, maybe, or you need an ambulance, it's best to let it go up in flames and just get outside and, because you might live that way. This this way that just happened to you, you don't know if you're going to live or not when they come in with the guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, my sister was telling me that this has been going on for a couple of years. She said, oh, yeah, that's the way it's done. Uh They do it that way. What are you talking about? She had gone two years ago to stay with our other sister who was dying with cancer in St. Louis. She said, you ought to have seen what... She was still horrified, but you should have seen what's going on in St. Louis if you think this is bad. Yep. And, uh, of course, that was a couple of years ago. Fahrenheit. Uh, 451. That's right. Uh, and even in the old movie that they made, their job was to start fires and burn forbidden books. That's right. All books they didn't were forbidden. Have water in the hose. They had kerosene. And uh, the, the captain always, and the, and the top ones all had pistols. Really? Yeah, they all had pistols it's, with them. It's, it's been ages since I read that. Yeah. Uh, and I've forgotten the thing about the top firemen having pistols. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I should read read uh, Fahrenheit 451 in order to uh, kind of come up to speed. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I read that. Uh, oh, I don't know, uh, in the 50s, and, and uh, that was Robert Heinlein. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew what was coming then. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I have a little interesting story for you on that if you have time for it. Mm-hmm. I had uh, one of my daughters uh, was behaving strangely, uh, her mother said. She said, you know, you've got to check out Carla. Mm-hmm. Something's going on with her. And I said, what are you talking about? What's going on? She says, well, she's got her nose in a book all the time. She will not. She's reading books compulsively. I said, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> Don't you think? Mm-hmm. She says, no, there's entirely too much of it. She won't do anything but read books. Yeah. I think maybe I better have a talk with her. So I talked with her about books and so on. And I told her that I was interested in her sudden interest in books. And she says, oh, one of the books I found is uh, called Fahrenheit 451, about them coming around to burn books. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read them all before they get here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, she was like nine or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only ones that will be authorized shortly will be uh, It Takes a Village to Raise a Child and all these books. Yeah. The rest of them will be forbidden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all coming down. Yeah. But the problem is the public run about you, they don't know. They just adopt what they see on television and become what they see on television. And so it's not even safe to have neighbors now. 
I've concluded that. It's not safe. It's the people who watch your everyday business and have your little chats with you. If you notice what's happening in the system right now, and because remember, they don't, they think it's all evolving naturally, uh, then they will perceive you as strange, odd, and a possible terrorist, a thought criminal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. I think they're right, Alan. <laughs> yes. And, and then, of course, now be careful about phoning for help in emergency departments because phoning for help can be dangerous to your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, all the perceptions have altered, you know. The functions of all these agencies now are combined. That's what they mean by multi-jurisdictional task forces. It was a blending of all uniformed employees into one combined unit. And that's what we're seeing. We have yeah, military guys. why it says fire uh, department on the back of the shirt, but mm-hmm. uh, they're dressed in black and they're not fighting fires. Yeah, and they've got pistols. It's, I've never seen a fire fought with a pistol before. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, combined units. And it's interesting that right after 9-11, part of the speech that Rumsfeld gave to the, to the people was that he wanted to see everyone, I think Bush did it too, everyone in a uniform stand up and put your uniform on. And I thought, that's a weird thing. Even postmen, everybody. Because this was part of the old, old agenda, was to bring all these forces together into the new Soviet. Uh, yeah. Yes, and uh, there's another related phenomenon going on, and it's uh, kind of a community-based thing. Uh-huh. And we have those, uh, I, I call them, uh, uh, your neighborhood Soviet. Mm-hmm. And uh, these people, uh, they want to supply you with a job and help you find a, a place to stay, or buy a house, or rent one, or mm-hmm. entertain you, supply you with your entertainment, uh, supply you with medical. Yeah. And all of this uh, in your own snug little community. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing that here. Yeah, it's called communitarianism. Yeah. yeah Papa Bush is the one who backed that initially. Where we're, our, it's our all being... one, the acronym is OCAC. Now, I don't know what that means, but, I, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, that is one, uh, that's the umbrella organization for these things. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you spoke, you know, they have uh, trash drives to help you out, uh, and then they have uh, uh, little entertainments over at the schoolhouse and that kind of thing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a small Soviet. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you don't attend these, these uh, communal uh, little agendas that they have out there, They'll, they'll wonder why not. They'll want to know That's why you're not right. there. And so I may have sinned and fallen short right there. Yeah, and in the last about eight years, uh, on everyone's local television station across really the whole of the West, uh, they have all these little, on your local news and television, it's all little community events, community events, community events. And that was that was all planned a long time ago towards these habitat areas, community events, good citizens. Everyone mixes with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And and everyone's story is known by everyone else. That's what it's all oh, about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's, it's, it's like really, 
I used to think of the of the elderly homes they had there, where they put you in there, make you play dominoes and stuff like mm-hmm. this, or bingo. I mean, boy, what a thrill! <laughs> and and then, then of course they'll play Barry Manilow records to show you that you really are in hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, 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 you described it perfectly. I should tell you that uh, when I met Martha, uh, you know, like, uh, what was it, now, 24 years ago or something like that, 83, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, she was a social director of a nursing home. Oh, yeah. And she, she'd been there for 10 years, and uh, she continued to work for them for a year after she married me. So I got drafted to go to the nursing home in the evenings after work and help string up bunting and, uh, uh, you know, arrange stuff for little parties and that kind of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I got a good look at the nursing home from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. Dominoes is mandatory. Oh, it's awful. Now, it's awful. Martha was a little bit different, and so she may have a few enemies of her own, fewer than mine. But um, uh, she uh, would uh, stack the deck in the card games just to make the game livelier. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, pass out a stack of cards that's nothing but kings, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever like that. And, yeah. Um, she would hold little drawings, and if there was a little lady in there whose uh, family was neglecting her, mm-hmm. well, I guess who won the free hairdo and makeover? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Martha cheats a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's her idea of. of uh, the new improved method of dealing with the elderly is just get them out of the way, mm-hmm. um, take their pensions off them, recycle the money. Oh yeah. And uh, and of course they're functionally they're, they're classed as, as useless eaters. They're not producing. They're just consuming. That's right. And anybody who doesn't uh, think that's relevant should look up the Sustainable Development Agenda for Agenda 21 from the UN. That's all in there. They don't want. The useless eaters, mm-hmm. and it's not a new idea. Bertrand Russell talked about it back in the, the, the 40s and 50s. So um, this is what's all coming to. We'll be managed into the new society by uh, super powerful government agencies mm-hmm. who are all networked together. Yeah, yeah. And you've just experienced it again. Yeah, uh, it's. Um you're presenting uh, a solid front uh, against the citizen uh, these days. It's far right. more solid uh, mm-hmm. than even I had thought, and I thought I was paranoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it's not just that. It's the, it's the gradualism, how it, how it was introduced. I mean, all people forget so quickly. It just takes a generation or even less than one to introduce health services mm-hmm. at law. Uh, services, police services. Now, police are now enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. The health services are now authorities. You see, everything they, they've got a foot in the door, and then they become the masters. And what, what, what do you bet the social worker's got a uh, derringer in her handbag? She'll have something. She'll have something. Uh, she will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's it. And they have uh, a thousand ways to get you. And if they can't find something, they'll fabricate something. Oh, yeah. Which happens commonly. 
to, to have their way. But but everything now, again, apart from all that, is also money because every person they get inside is another pension into their pocket, you see. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just simply a method of getting their cash in. It's a business, you know. It's a huge business. I've yet to see an honest high business working. Honestly, it doesn't, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Uh, not in this system. So that's your first-hand experience so far, and now you have to wait and see what the next move is. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, um, I'll try to keep you posted, Alan, as yeah. things move along. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've been, t- you've been taking care of your wife for how many years now? Pardon me? Your wife's been uh, bedridden for how many years now? Since Eleven. Eleven years. Mm-hmm. And you, you haven't had any help? Uh, I have help off and on. I found in the beginning that uh, uh, you try to get help, you get harm. Okay. Uh, my first experience was that when we brought her home from the hospital. And, of course, yeah, I needed help, and the, uh, the hospital uh, gave me a ref- referral. And I called up these home uh, health people, mm-hmm. and uh, they sent out uh, therapists and nurses and uh, such to the house. Well, the first one to show up was the physical therapist, mm-hmm. and uh, she did not knock. She just opened the door and came in. She spotted Martha over there reclining on the couch. Mm-hmm. She ran over and grabbed Martha's left arm and jerked it into the air. Martha screamed, and I ran her out of the house. Mm-hmm. And she was Chinese, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. A few days passed, and uh, the speech therapist was uh, scheduled in for 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, they didn't show up. And anyway, it was just as well, because... Martha was still having a lot of effects from this, and uh, she had been vomiting all day. Yep. Well, along about 4 o'clock, the vomiting ceased, and uh, Martha got some sleep. Mm-hmm. And like, a, no, I don't know, 5.30, there was a knock on the door, and I opened the door, and there was a little short man there. I estimated him to be a Pakistani, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, me peach peri me peach parapet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I told him you're a day late and a dollar short, and he says, me peach parapet. Mm-hmm. Why, well, uh, I sent him packing. Mm-hmm. And let's see, uh, what happened to the other one? I don't recall exactly, but... Um, uh, now, we did have a very good nurse who didn't approve of any of this stuff going on. And uh, she came out, and we were talking about it. And she said, well, uh, there is your occupational therapist, and um, he says he's from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, but uh, uh, he frightens people. And uh, uh, do you want me to send them out? And I says, no, we don't need any frightening people. We're not sure where they're from. Mm-hmm. So uh, it turned out that all these people were in on a program from NAFTA. NAFTA, yeah. And uh, that they, uh, they could pay them Mexican wages. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I had uh, read about that, yeah. Yeah, and they were in here doing work, and uh, the company that had them here was drawing top dollar. And paying them peanuts. And paying them, yeah, math. You know, yes, that's right. handful of rice and beans and uh, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, a little later on, there was a huge nurses' strike and... and uh, protest in Washington on that. Every, almost every nurse left their hospitals mm -hmm. and marched on Washington. Now, you didn't hear of that. In the, uh, the only place I heard about it was the Kansas City Star, and I only heard about it there because that was the headquarters of a huge nurses association. Mm -hmm. And if they hadn't printed it, uh, those guys at the paper might have... Uh, had to go without any nursing help. Uh -huh. yeah. But uh, it wasn't on TV, it wasn't anywhere, but, you know, mm -hmm. thousands and thousands, I don't know what it was, 40,000 or something like that, I've forgotten. But yeah. uh, they marched uh, all down Pennsylvania Avenue and it all came to naught. Really? Yeah. And they were doing that because these um, foreign imports through NAFTA was killing the patients. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, there's no training, really. I mean, it's... No way. Mm -hmm. You see, people don't realize that, that the whole medical industry is one of the biggest businesses. It's a business, first and foremost, in the world. And it's all the propaganda through fictional dramas and series on television that's given the people a completely different impression. Yes. There's it's no altruism. Like the lawyers. Yeah. If you, if you watched Matlock, you've got a big surprise coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You see, it's, it's business. It's big, big business. There's no altruism there. It's doesn't there at all. And that's only in our minds from all the fiction that they make us watch, you know. It's, because all fiction is propaganda in some form or another. And the public don't realize this. They think they're all out there to help, help, help because they want to help. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's quite the wage packets the big boys take home for all this helping, you know. Mm -hmm. And once your insurance runs out, they, they toss you off to the Salvation Army or somewhere. Yeah. There's your caring society. Um, I heard a story the other day about um, uh, hospitals. I'm thinking it was in California, but I'm not sure that um, uh, some little old homeless lady was ill and she went to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, they put her out on the street uh, barefooted. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, yeah they, what they did is they put her in a taxi and said, take her to Skid Row and throw her out. This was the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you heard... Uh there's a bunch of tapes from doctors that were... There was a show in Britain, a BBC show, and they were uh, giving you some of the tapes, conversations between doctors at, in a main hospital, I think, in New York, and uh, one of the, the Salvation Army, or one of the hospitals that was run by charity, and they were passing patients that run out of insurance money. And, of course, the guy at the charity thing said, we're, 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 just, we're just overburdened and uh, not enough staff, yada, yada. We can't take these patients. And, uh, and uh, he says, you have to hold on to them for a bit longer till we get some beds. And the guy from the paying hospital says, no, we'll just put them on the street. These were people who were dying. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there was no altruism there. There was no uh, no regrets. It was just uh, business, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pure business. Mm-hmm. It's, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We went to the moon, eh? <laughs> they say we went to the moon. Oh yeah. We're so yeah, we're so yeah. civilized. We're so advanced, and and mm-hmm. here, here they are when your when your insurance runs out, they toss you on the street to die. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. What a civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we went through that in the early stages too. Martha had the Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was supposedly really good. Yeah. But it doesn't take them long to strip out the Blue Cross Blue Shield, I can tell you that. And as soon as that's done, you're out. Yeah, they pick the bones of your, of your insurance, and then that, that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, they spit it out. And, and that's their civilized system that we're all taught is so beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, uh, when you're Blue Cross Blue Shield, which you've, you've been playing through the nose for, and along with your employer, perhaps, if you're lucky enough to have him kicking on something, mm-hmm. when that is uh, stripped out, then good luck on getting Medicare. Yeah. Because you ain't going to get it if they can help it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's profit, profit, profit all the way to the bank, yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, I wonder what the next step will be with you, though. I think it will be the social worker feeling you out uh, as to what happens if they want to keep Martha or find her a place or an elderly home. Because they'll, they'll try that now. They'll say you're incapable of taking care of her. And um, uh, that's what they'll probably feel you out to do. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll probably try to find a place for me. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. 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 Because uh, a person with a bit of a memory that's lived long enough, uh, a dangerous person, as they pass on knowledge of of what they've seen in their own lifetime. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll keep you posted on that, Alan. That's a good I will one. tell you that uh, uh, one of the things that we're doing is uh, we're asking friends to call the hospital and just check in and say, "How's my old pal Martha?" Mm-hmm. And the idea is to let them know mm-hmm. that uh, she has a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's well, my, my view of this, of the, of the cases that I've seen in the past, was they really jump on uh, the uh, isolated person. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, if you're not isolated, they will try to isolate you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, easy prey, uh, easy prey, you uh, see, you don't want to stand up. If your yeah. listeners would like to, I'll give you the uh, yeah. uh, telephone number for the hospital, mm-hmm. and um, you might give them a call and ask uh, about Martha, you know, mm-hmm. once a week or something like that. I'm yeah. not trying to flood them with calls, mm-hmm. but to let them know that there are lots of callers. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to do that? Yeah, do that. What's the, what's the okay. Martha is in St. John's Hospital in Springfield, Missouri. And the main phone number there is 417-820-2000. Now, when you get there, well, you can ask to, uh, about Martha... Chancellor, that's C H A N C E L L O R, 
and her, uh, I need to give you her location because it's one of the things, this is a huge complex, the hospital, and I think I have it right here if I can get it out from under the cap. Yeah. Uh, you can tell them that Martha is in the cardiac ICU, 4E, bed 25. And they won't let you, they're not going to let you talk to her. They won't even let me talk to her. But uh, you can always ask to talk to her. Yeah. But uh, uh, you can talk to the uh, charge nurse and... Uh, Ask them how Martha's doing. Yep. And I think if we can let them know that Martha is not isolated, then uh, they might uh, think a couple of times before getting rough with her. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Well, we'll, we'll keep the people posted on this. Okay. And see what turns out. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll stay in touch, Alan. Sure. So that is where it rests at the moment. I don't think people really know what the elderly feel when the authorities start coming in. The authorities of Hall was gone for the very young, easy targets, and the elderly. And because you're elderly doesn't mean you're stupid or senile. That's a common misconception which has been promulgated again by mass media to dehumanize because you always dehumanize your target and get the public to believe you. The elderly are well aware that they are targets and that when one or the other of a couple go into a hospital they're not just going in to get treated they're now under a system a form of authority that began as a service which now can dictate their lives they can also decide where to put a person from the hospital to an elderly home for their own own good of course you understand according to themselves and we all know once they go into these long term facilities these exit homes as I call them they go downhill pretty fast Miss Effie that I've talked to before too many times in fact scalded herself a few months ago with a pot of boiling water and she was so lucky to have a nephew who took her to a clinic every day and back again to have the dressings changed otherwise as Effie was well aware she knows the routine she knows how they get you in they know how they classify you and before you know it you've been an old folks home an exit home being drugged into oblivion as you passed away your last days or weeks. 
this is a sad state that this great civilization, as they call it, has brought us to on purpose, where everyone is divided, no one takes care, or very few take care of their own anymore. And it's getting to the stage where the authorities won't let you take care of your own anymore. That's what ultimate authority always pushes towards. It's also a sad fact that are up, up and coming younger people today who, once they get into their 40s or 50s, start planning to get themselves taken care of, like nursed in old age homes. They plan ahead for this as though it's the normal thing. Well, good luck to them if that's what they really want. I think personally the old way was much better where your own people took care of their own. It isn't just someone taking a person away from a a couple, taking one of the partners away. It's the whole right of the couple to be together that's been violated here. That's part of it. Emotions do count, rights do count, our humanity does count, not the system's rights and its greed and its agenda and its dollar signs as they grab people's pensions and destroy lives. Drug victims into oblivion until they're drooling quietly in a corner until they eventually die. This is inhumane. As I say, I get lots of these kind of calls, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, but I don't just sit here and dream up talks. The talks are always spontaneous because I don't have time to plan anything. from Hamish and myself it's good night to me your God or your gods and let's hope some humanity and humanitarian feelings go with you Love 